Hello all. Well, as I stated at the end of the last cast, this one's going to contain some R-rated content. So in case you forgot, this is your reminder. If you don't want to give your children any kind of special education, this is the time to turn this off and listen to it later when you're able to. So now that you've been warned, let's go ahead and talk about effects of medication. Uh, particularly the medications that I have taken and the ones that I'm currently taking. Unfortunately, I don't remember the name of all of them, but I'm going to try and give you the list of at least the current ones. That way you know what I'm referring to when I speak about them. So first, I'm going to start with a just a generalized comment here in that most man-made drugs or medications that I have seen and have dealt with or have heard of have some sort of side effect, whether it's mild or advanced that you may or may not experience. Um, some people are affected more than others. All of mine, the most common um, side effect that I have between all of the ones that I currently take is drowsiness. And some of them are a little stronger than others so I generally take most of them before bed that way I wake up feel, feeling somewhat refreshed in the morning there's one or two that do affect my mood and I try to overcome those some days I'm more successful than others most of my friends will probably tell you for those of you that are not that close to me that are listening to this They'll tell you I'm pretty low-key, pretty calm, um, sometimes almost a lack of emotion. I'd say probably about 50% of that is the medications, and then the rest of it is really the PTSD that I struggle with. And of course, pain level. If my pain level is high on a particular day, I'll tend to be a little bit shorter in, uh, in how I deal with situations versus other days where my pain level might be lower and I might be a lot more tolerant. So those, those are the two most common, I would say, fairly low on the scale of, wow, should I take this drug or should I not take it based on the positive effects that it has. Um, mood swing, well, that's something you can deal with once you know that it's possible and you have that issue. Drowsiness, that's something else that you can also deal with. You know, you cut back what you do in your day. Uh, you add a nap to your day. You know, there's things that you can do to counteract that effect. And those are easy. That's, that's what I consider my drugs that I can control. The ones that I can't, those are the ones that tend to be a, a problem. And one of those is the muscle relaxer. It's not one that I can control. So I try to take that one before bed so that I don't have that I guess element to deal with during the day it's still in my system obviously I think it has a shelf life of I don't know 12 hours or something I forget how long it stays in your body but it allows me to sleep it helps 
counteract the muscle spasms, which is what I'm really concerned about because those are what hurt. Tremors, well, you know, I can't write, I can't type most of the time anymore. So I just deal with that. The twitches, they're annoying. Sometimes other people can see them and they look at me funny and other times they happen and you can't really see them, but I can feel it. And it still bothers me, but you know, it's been so long now that most of the time I just keep doing what I'm doing and don't pay attention to, to the twitches. Uh, it's the only, the only thing that affects my functionality throughout the day is the spasms and the tremors. So when I first started muscle relaxers, it was funny actually, um, in a odd sort of way, I guess. I had just started a new relationship as well. So obviously you know where this is going if you're in the medical field listening to this. I didn't. I had no clue. My doctor said, okay, this is going to help you with your tremors and your muscle spasms and your twitches. And well, I don't know if it's going to work for the tremors so much as it will the muscle spasms and twitches. And I said, well, in order for me to work, I need the tremors to be much less. And she says, well, let's try this over a weekend and see how it does for you. So I said, great. So she gave me this medicine. I went home Friday afternoon and I talked to my, I'm not even going to say girlfriend because at that time, I think we had had our first or second date. I think it was our second date. We were supposed to go out that night. And I told her, I said, I'm getting ready to start this new muscle relaxer. I said, do you know anything about them? And that's when I found out that she was a doctor in another country. And I thought, oh, this is great. Now I'll be able to have somebody who will help me do research and learn more about what's going on, you know, with me and this illness and the medicines that I'm taking. I'll have somebody that I can confide in. So I tell her what it is and she looks up the the side effects and stuff and really didn't pay much attention to any of it at all. We were kind of just um, having a few drinks and, and having dinner together and looking at, uh, at Google. And I didn't go very far because we got to talking about something else. And of course, you know, like a squirrel, there went a different conversation and I was off on another topic. So we got home that night. Things went really, really well, obviously. So she stayed the night. Well, nothing happened that night. She left me sitting there wondering what was going on. And I, I was wondering what was going on. And <clears throat> she looked at me and she says, that new medication you're taking, that muscle relaxer, we didn't get very far into what it was. I said, no, we didn't. So we're both sitting there in bed at three o'clock in the morning after trying for several hours she looks in the very first one and number one said problems with erection if you have these problems you should contact your doctor they're great so i took the first one and i reacted off the first one no erection and i looked at her and i just laughed i said is this detrimental she's like only to your sex life she said, but don't worry about it. Now that I know, we can make things happen. So we ended up having a good night together. She had to work at it. I had to work at it, but it was, it was successful, I'll say. 
So we get through the weekend. I call the doctor Monday morning, and I said, "Look, I said Friday night. I'm sorry. Yeah, Friday night after I took the medicine, I wasn't able to get an erection." And she's like, "No, it's a muscle relaxer." And then it clicked. I just for some reason when she gave it to me on Friday, that didn't click. But on Monday morning, it clicked. I mean, it clicked hard, and I just laughed. And I said to her, I said, Doc, I'm young. I said my girlfriend is at least six years younger than me. I said, this can't be. You're gonna have to give me something else. <laughs> and she, she started laughing. She's like, Well, let me see what I can find. And I said, I'm happy with whatever you can find. I said, just make sure that it's not something that's going to relax my sex life. I need that. So she laughed again and said, "Just hang on for a minute. I have an idea." So she puts me on hold and she's looking up, I guess, something else. And then she comes back to me and says, "Okay, come in tomorrow morning. We'll、uh, do some blood work and I'll ask you a few more questions. We'll we'll see about、uh, getting you started on this other muscle relaxer." So I said, "Great." I said, "You know, this, this is not something I'm really finding humorous." By the way, I said, "I'm laughing on the phone with you." I said, "But that was a rough weekend. We still had a good time. Thank God I have a girlfriend with a good heart, <laughs> and and a little bit of a comedic value, and some medical knowledge." I said, "Because anybody else probably would have got up and left me laying there." She's like, "I understand. I understand." So I went in Tuesday morning. They started me on another muscle relaxer. I waited until the weekend to take it. So I had a very rough week that week. I didn't sleep very much at all. I was, I was a mess. So Friday comes. I take that one, and it seems to be okay. I make it through the weekend.、Uh, Saturday. No, Saturday was good. It was the following weekend. I just bought another motorcycle, and I went with a friend. He took my old motorcycle, and he followed me over and dropped me off so that I could pick up the new motorcycle. We came back to the apartment, and as he was getting in his car, I was taking all my gear off, and that was the last thing I remembered. I woke up on the ground with my head against the car next to the、um, next to my parking space where I was parked. The bike was on me, and he was standing over me. He looked at me and he says, "Are you all right?" And I said, "I think so." I said, "I'm. I think I'm fine." And then I tried to move and I couldn't move. And I said, "Well, I can't move." And there's something hot on my leg. So he picked the bike up, and it turned out it was the exhaust on my on my boot that had burned the side of my boot. So he put the kickstand down and got me up off the ground. And as I was getting up, I went to stand on both my legs, and I fell. And I looked down, and I realized, oh crap, my right leg is swollen to the size of a tree trunk. He's like, well, how can that be? He's like, your left leg was one that was under the bike. I said, "Well, I must have bounced my right one off the side of the bike. I don't know." So he rushed me over to the ER, which was just down the street. We didn't bother calling an ambulance. So I'm standing there in front of the registration nurse, and she looks at me and she says, "So what's your what's your issue? What what are you here for?" So I got a motorcycle helmet under my left arm, 
My right leg is swollen to the size of a baseball bat. My mind is just, I think, gone. I don't, I don't even know what I was thinking at the time. And I just told the lady straight out, I said, motorcycle accident. And that was probably the worst thing I could have said standing there because within seconds, I mean, I, I guarantee you it wasn't, wasn't more than 15 seconds. I was pushed into a wheelchair, dragged off to x-ray. I had like four or five people chasing me with questions. What's your name? What's your social? Was there a police report? What police department? Blah, 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 you know. And I'm, I'm, I had no idea. I wasn't able to answer half their questions. Even though I knew the answers, I was just in a fog. So eight hours later, I was admitted to the hospital. They kept me for the weekend. Neurologist came in Sunday morning at like seven o'clock. And he says, everything is good with your head. He says, I don't, I don't see any issues. There's a little bit of swelling, but nothing, nothing to worry about. He says, go uh, check with your primary care doctor on Monday and see what they say. Let them know what happened. Let them know you were here and give them the hospital records. So I did that. <clears throat> Basically what happened was I had sprained my right leg. My, uh, my calf and my thigh bounced off the plastics on the side of the motorcycle. And with the side of the ZX-14R, everything is ridged. So all those ridges, when the bike fell over, my leg bounced on those ridges and it sprained everything. So my leg was a swollen mess. So I took care of that. They really couldn't do anything because they didn't break anything. It was just all swollen. So I put ice on it and they gave me some anti-inflammatories and sent me on my way. So anyway, I'm back at the VA and the VA tells me, obviously that was not a good muscle relaxer to put you on. So we're going to put you on something else called cyclobenzaprine. I said, great. I said, what are the side effects to this? I said, because you've given me two now that I've reacted to. So I, I need to make sure that what you're giving me is, is not going to affect my daily routine. I said, I need to be able to entertain a sex life. I need to be able to ride my motorcycle because that's how I get back and forth to work and how I get my groceries and how I function on a daily basis. She's like, well, we really would prefer that you got a car. I said, great. So if I'm going to give me a medication that's going to affect me and make me unable to ride, why would you want me behind the wheel of a car? Just my thought process, but that, that seemed to be okay. So I said, just make sure it's something that I'm not going to disappear on. You know, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, I don't want to just go blank because I'm on medication that's going to make me go into a fog. And she's like, okay, let me, let me do some more research and, and we'll get back to you. And I said, fine. So she comes back out and she says, look, I talked to the doctor and he thinks that the cyclobenzaprine should be fine. He said, but or she said, just take it over the weekend like we've been doing. And if something happens, then, you know, you can come in Monday morning and, and we'll take care of it. 
So I said, fine. So I started it that following Friday. Had no problems over the weekend. No problems throughout the next week. Everything was good. I stayed on cyclobenzaprine all the way up until I moved to the West Coast. I went to uh, St. Pete VA to register so that I could go there if I needed to. Because otherwise they don't they don't let you just come in. You have to register and let them know that you're going to be here permanently. Or if you're just staying for a vacation or whatnot, they track all that stuff. So I went into the urgent care there. Um, I forget why. I went there for some assistance. I think I had had a, a real bad muscle spasm attack. Oh no, it was high blood pressure. I went there for high blood pressure. And I explained to him what was going on. It was actually my pain level had gone up, so it raised my blood pressure to crazy numbers. So he kept me for a little bit and asked me what what medications I was taking. So I told him went through my list, and he said, "Well, I'm going to take you off the cyclobenzaprine because that's actually bad for you, bad for your liver." Um, I think he even said it had something to, something to do negatively with blood pressure as well. I don't remember now. So he took me off that, put me on baclofen, um, and said that the baclofen would also address my tremors and my twitches. And I thought, well, great, that's awesome. I said, but what other what other side effects am I going to deal with? Is it something that's going to affect my sex life? And he's like, well, it could. It's a muscle relaxer. And I said, well, is that like in the top five? He's like, no. He says most most people that take baclofen complain of drowsiness I said great so I've got a total of four medications now that their side effects of drowsiness actually five medications that are effects of side of drowsiness so that was fine I actually when I started taking it realized that it really didn't affect me in that way it does relax um, the muscles and then allows the other medications to do their thing so this one actually helped a lot as far as getting me to sleep through the night which is good but it still doesn't help with my tremors and it doesn't help with the twitches it only affects the muscle spasms whereas the cyclobenzaprine was kind of squashing all three So now I'm back to a medication that only deals with the muscle spasms and it deals with them in a good way. But now instead of me having my spasms, I would say every two to three times a week, I would say was where I was at. Um, Now they happen every couple of weeks, but when they happen, they hit harder than they do than they did before so now whereas before they would only last 25 to 30 seconds tops now they last up to a minute and they're generally much more violent Um, if you've ever had a, a small muscle twitch under your eye if you can imagine that muscle twitch happening throughout your body at the same time just a you know a full body spasm and the muscles are just contracting as fast as they can go with that happening in combination with the fibromyalgia which is also a muscle ache 
it um, it hurts a lot. It's I, I I can only equate it to maybe getting hit by a bus. I would say a couple of times. Um, and once it's done, it kind of leaves kind of leaves the body in um, almost a paralysis type state. Not not so much because there's no response, but it's just the muscles are tired and they hurt so much that moving is extremely painful. And when that happens throughout, you know, your whole body feels that way. So it makes it extremely difficult, almost impossible to move, to get up, to go to the bathroom, to get up and, and just move to a chair, you know, any, any kind of movement, just you know, bending your legs. If you're laying in bed on your back to just, you know, bend your knees, it's damn near impossible. So that's what I encounter now. So it's, stopped the spasms from being so frequent, but it's increased the amount of um, the amount of time that it happens. I'm sure the length of time, I guess, and the amount of pain that I get from it afterwards. So I'm not sure if that's a good trade. So anyway, I told my doctor all this and he was kind of of the opinion that since we've created a less frequent amount of attacks, this is still the best option or the best course of action to attack the spasms. So I said, well, that's great. I said, at least now I can be a human, human vibrator. And, you know, he kind of laughed at that. He even made the comment of, well, she can just jump on. And I said, yeah, that's great, except... You know, afterwards, the pain is what hurts. So that was really it about the muscle relaxers. The the other medications that I take are, are more for um, the pain itself. You know, I take the Lyrica for the um, fibromyalgia, which helps a little bit. It doesn't help as much as I would like it to, but it does help a little bit allows me to function throughout the day, which is good. The other that I take is actually a vitamin. The one thing I didn't realize was the chemicals that we were exposed to flushes out certain vitamins from the body and it makes it difficult to replenish them. So I take a B12 supplement I try to spend a lot of time outside for vitamin D, but my vitamin D is always low. And these are two things that you really need, your body really needs to help combat a lot of the stuff that's happening. The muscle spasms, the twitches, the, uh, the tremors, they all play a part in these, in these particular vitamins. So it's very possible that if I could get these vitamin counts to stay up that I could potentially lessen the amount of spasms that happen as well as the um, the amount of pain that I have to deal with on a daily so I've been working on that um, I can't say that I've made any progress 
but it's it's something that I'm working on. The other one that I take is naproxen, and that one is more geared towards my headaches because I get two different types of headaches. There's a headache that I get that interrupts anything that I'm doing. It's whether I'm driving, riding, talking, walking, doesn't matter. Lasts about anywhere from five to 15 seconds. And if I try to push through it, it'll last longer. It'll persist back. Um, and it's kind of like, um, it really is kind of like the name that it is. It's called an ice pick headache. And if you can imagine somebody shoving an ice pick into your head, that's, that's what it is. It's a sharp pain that starts at the top of my head and goes straight down into the back of my neck. And it's just a, a continual shooting or a continual stabbing pain. And it's sharp, it's very sharp. But it only lasts like five, like I said, five to, five to 15 seconds tops. If I push it, if I'm doing something or if I'm reading something and it hits me, if I try to push through it and continue reading, I will end up with tears. It will hurt so bad. I won't remember anything I've read. I probably would forget the rest of my day. And those happen frequently. Those happen probably, I don't know, I would say six to eight times a day. And on the naproxen, if I just take the naproxen daily instead of when it happens, they seem to be a little less. I would say anywhere from three to five times a day versus the six to eight. So it does help a little bit. And then I also have, VA calls them migraines. I don't believe they're migraines. I just believe that they are seriously bad headaches. They're not debilitating, but they're also not ones that I have to go lay down or close my eyes or, you know, they don't, they don't stop me from doing what I'm doing. I can turn my head for a few minutes. Uh, I could probably take an aspirin to get rid of it, but they call it migraine. So that's the VA term. The, uh, other medication that I take is omeprazole. And that's for GERD. I'm at high risk for throat cancer because of what I was exposed to. The chemicals that I was exposed to over there were mostly airborne. So all of us that were there were breathing this stuff. And those of us that were dumb enough to pick up cigarettes and start smoking probably got the worst of the effect, you know, the effects of what was going on because we were inhaling and inhaling whatever was flying through the air and burning it into our lungs, which is probably not the best. So I have soft patches all throughout my throat. So I watch very carefully what I eat. I watch very carefully what I drink. I can choke on either one. I have difficulty taking pills, even the smallest of pills. Um, I take a little 81 milligram aspirin. It's probably the smallest pill I take and I choke on that. So I do have to be careful. My voice comes and goes because of the soft patches. I don't speak very loudly because of the soft patches. They 
they get to be annoying and make it difficult for me to speak. And then breathing is another issue that I have. Um, when I was running daily, I kept my cardio up. I could keep things flowing. It was easier for me. But the initial start to get going was extremely difficult. It takes me a little bit longer to build cardio than somebody else in my age bracket who was never affected with any of this garbage. So the omeprazole, when I take that, that actually is supposed to reverse the inflammation in my throat and keep the acids down in my stomach instead of up in my throat. That way I'm not breaking food down in my esophagus. And it does, it seems to work really well. When I take it, I can generally get away with eating some things that I shouldn't. Um, too much of those things at certain times of the day or night, forget it. There's not a medication in the world that will save me. I just have to suffer. You know, tomato sauce at nine o'clock at night, definitely a no-no. Tomato sauce with garlic, forget it. That's going to be a sleepless night. And, and when I say that, the, the pain that you feel is not your standard acid reflux or your standard heartburn or, you know, any of that crap that people would take Tums for. I couldn't even take Tums for what I have. I would eat a bottle of Tums and it did nothing for me. Absolutely nothing. I could do Rolaids. I don't care what it is. None of that over the shoulder, over the counter stuff worked. I would end up with, you know, pooping black because you get a lot of, I think it's the powder from the Tums that does that. When you eat too much, you end up pooping black. It's like, like a, a monster iron pill. <laughs> so I take the Omeprazole and the Omeprazole works. I take it once at night, once in the morning. It doesn't allow me to eat beef. I still can't eat beef. I still can't eat pork. I still can't eat um, a lot of my greens that I like to eat. Uh, bell peppers are tough on me. Anything that's rich, rich green generally gives me some form of reaction and when I say that I was getting ready to explain that the the chest pain that you get from heartburn where it's like riding up through your esophagus I actually don't get that what I get is actual chest pain behind my heart so every time I get an attack from the uh, from the GERD I have to question whether or not what I ate is causing the problem or if I'm having a heart attack because that's what it feels like it that sharp pain where somebody would grasp their chest and the shortness of breath from the attack is the GERD so I have to be very careful and a lot of times if I get a bad one I'll just go to the ER just to be safe and I'll tell them when I get there, the first thing I'll tell them is, look, this is what I had for dinner. This is what time I ate. And this is what I'm feeling and I have GERD. And they'll 100% of the time so far have told me, stick this under your tongue. It's the nitroglycerin, nitroglycerin tablet. And then they put a, uh, I forget what you call it, the thing that they do to check your heart. 
they put that on and, and just test me to be sure because you can't tell the difference. They are identical. And the nurses have told me that over and over again. It's best that you just come in, even though you know what it is. If it's a bad attack like this, you know, it's not a problem. We'll have you in and out in no time. That's what they always tell me. So that's kind of the rule I followed. And that's it. Those, those are my, uh, those are my medications. I think I've covered all of them. I take eight in total. And the biggest thing is cannabis will replace six of them. <laughs> Obviously it can't replace the vitamin one, but it can replace everything Probably even the blood pressure medication, although I'm not sure at this point. I've been taking it for so long. I don't think that I can get off of it. But I would I would hope that one day they'll find a cure using cannabis that will uh, take care of all of us veterans as far as all these symptoms from all this crap that we were exposed to. That's it. I went extra long today because I wanted to cover all the medications at least a little bit. I know this cast went a little longer. Um, sorry about that. I tried to keep them under, under 11, 10 minutes, somewhere in that area. This one went a little longer. I just wanted to make sure that we covered all the medications at least to an extent. As usual, you can find uh, you can find me on Facebook. My page is there at Golf War Vets. Or if you're a friend, you can also message me on Facebook. If there's any questions, like I've said in the past, please try to keep those public. It it does a lot of good for other people as well as other veterans when you ask the questions publicly so that I can answer them publicly. Sometimes others will jump in and it's a learning process for me as well. I don't have all the answers and there's a lot of us that are going through these symptoms that can certainly use the outside input and acknowledgement. And it also helps having another independent mind with a set of eyes to look at these issues there it might be something that you've seen in a, in your travels that maybe somebody else didn't and you saw it tried and worked and it worked so it's it's always good to have the the public eye so i appreciate you everybody have a wonderful day